Welcome to another episode of Calling Old Hollywood. I'm your host. What's my name? Cat Lively. I'm happy. I think I've found my place. To another episode of Calling Old Hollywood. I'm your host, Kat Lively, and my guest this week is Dana Gold. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time to come on. Really excited about this episode. It's comedy, classic Hollywood. You've done so much. It's my theory is it's harder to hit a moving target. Mm-hmm. Um, so the you know the minute you the minute you really sit down heavy into one place, people know where to get you. Um, I get that. <laughs> I think it was was it Billy Van Zant. He told me something. It stuck with me forever. He goes, "I'm always working on three things. Mm-hmm. Like it's never one. It's three. If you get four to one, you go to one anyway." Yeah, um, no, it's true. It's true, and you never know. You you never know what's gonna stick. I mean, I I started as a, a comedian. This is this is a this is a true story. I I wanted to when I was a kid. I just wanted to be in horror movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I wanted to be an actor, but I wanted to be an actor in horror movies. Right. I didn't care about anything else. What was it about horror? I just, that's what I gravitated. That was my football as a kid. I love, you know, I was, I grew up in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I watched the universal classics and, and Star Trek and stuff like that. And, 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 uh, but that was my, that was my sports. Right. You right. Know, famous yeah. monsters magazine and all that stuff. Completely. Um, so I thought, well, when I grow up, I'll go to Hollywood and be an actor and, and act in hol- in horror movies. Cause that's what I loved. But what what happened was I turned out uh, that I was that I was funny, mm-hmm. false modesty aside, I was pretty funny, and I wanted to be uh, and I, well I I'll be a comedian because I I I can do it I'm good at it I obviously have a a passion for it but the end goal of being a comedian was always I'm going to become so famous that they'll let me write my own movies yeah and I'll write horror movies to be in. So it was, it was the most bass backwards way of becoming a writer on earth. It was like, I want to be a pastry chef. And if I'm elected to the U.S. Senate, they'll have to <laughs> let me bake anything I yeah. want. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. I chose the hardest possible way to you, do I mean, the simplest thing. You, you saw an in, you saw something you were good at, and you just kind of went for it, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Any regrets on that? No, no, it all worked. It worked. Uh, it it actually worked out the way I planned it, and it just took a lot longer than I thought it would. <laughs> all the best laid plans, as they say. But uh, no, I you know I I sort of uh, like you. I'm from a small town in the middle of nowhere. I'm from a little town in the middle of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and being a comedian got me out of there and got me to you know eventually to Hollywood by way of the Bay Area. And, um, you know, and then I did get uh, I did get into show business. Mm-hmm. So when and you- I did eventually I did eventually write a horror comedy television show. Yes. That I did cast myself in. Mm-hmm. So it actually did work. 
<laughs> but it and, took and until were, 2016. And you're working on the myelinermi thing we were talking about too. So yeah. that coincides with the horror as well. Do you want to talk exactly, about yeah. that? Well, yeah, I met, you know, um, I was always, uh, I was always, when I, when I first moved to Boston um, and I became friends with um, Bobcat Goldthwaite and Tom Kenny, who you might know, and uh, uh, the, the comedians that were my age in that city at that time. And, you know, we were all in our very early 20s and we all liked punk music and, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space and all that. Of course, Ed Wood. All this, yeah, yeah, Ed Wood, all that stuff. Absolutely. We all liked that stuff. And nobody else knew what we were talking about. Yeah. The other comedians in Boston at that time were coke addicts in their 30s. Like nobody knew what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, Who are the Ramones? What's Ed Wood? What? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was. Yeah. Exactly. It was the. It was just the Eagles and and whatever. <laughs> so, I when I eventually moved to L.A., I mean I, that was always like Ed Wood and Plan Nine was always like the secret handshake of uh, cool. where your sense of humor goes. Yes. And. When when the movie when I when I when I read that they were making a movie uh, a biopic of Ed Wood I I I couldn't Mary believe Karaziski, it. Mary Karaziski, yeah, that's right. He's been Our, um, on the show, yeah. He, yeah, the, I couldn't I couldn't believe it, and I I actually auditioned for Ed Wood. Uh, really? I auditioned to play Paul Marco in that movie. Um, like I harassed my agent. Like I have to I have to audition for the movie. And Max Casella got it and did a great job, much better than I would have done. Um, but after the movie came out and that sort of took over pop culture for a year, um, I pitched a show to the sci-fi channel. I said, I want to do, I want to host horror movies for a week and I'll have all the classics and, but I'll interview people and it'll be a real big thing. And it was, and it was, it was called the big scary movie show. It was on in 1995 and it was really the first thing that I did that um like i kind of thought up and produced and wrote and got on television outside of just doing stand-up comedy right and um and what i remember specifically was i'm home alone in my apartment on beachwood mm -hmm. and the first episode comes on and i'm 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 just sitting there by myself but i'm like this is mine i thought of this i i thought of i made it happen i i willed it into existence yeah. and then the first commercial comes on and it's just a guy in a suit and he walks out and he goes would you like to learn to draw i was like oh god oh, no. <laughs> i'm at the bottom of the barrel yeah. um but uh, but I ended up through that show. I became friends with Myla Nurmi, who was famously Vampira in, mm -hmm. um, when, you know, she was an incredible. I didn't get to meet her. Many mutual friends, but I've heard just she yeah. was wonderful. She was wonderful, and she was a iconic. Uh, her character is iconic. Yeah, you can't argue. You can't argue with its impact. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed her, and uh, and then uh, she didn't have a phone at the time. I wrote her a letter to thank her. She wrote me back. We became pen pals. Then we ended up going to Musso and Frank's about twice a month for just to catch up. And I mean, it was very, you know, my, uh, my soon to be wife uh, says, uh, who's also named Kat, um, uh, said, uh, 
you know, it's like she looks just like your mother. I mean, out of the makeup, Mila out of the makeup. She goes, like, you yeah. don't, you know, you don't need Freud to figure this out. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah. so, uh, and then we became very, very, we became friends. And she was, you know, I was friends with her up through um, her passing in 2008. Yeah. And uh, and it was one of those things where I really, um, uh, I I became removing removing the the morphine um i i became to uh uh milo what ed wood was uh, what what ed wood was to pale lakosi it was sort of like you know you meet these people and then they become your friends and yeah. i was like so i really liked that movie and then i ended up living that movie um but uh but that must through... have been, yeah it's a very special time especially given like your horror influence and how much you loved horror yeah, I had the, it was very strange because I had the lobby card of Plan 9 from Outer Space with her in it from like my first apartment in in Boston in like 1986, you know, it's like, and and then to befriend that person and then, and then to the point that I don't even connect the two. Mm -hmm. like it's just like she's just my life she just becomes and, a, yeah exactly yeah exactly. it's just like my it's just like you know it's just like it's like not even connected to the yeah team. zip um. it <laughs> one of my favorite memories with with uh with milo was uh and sometime in the late 90s i took her to see uh, was the cinerama dome before it became the arc light okay. was doing uh they were showing Plan 9 from Outer Space for Halloween. And it was like a midnight showing on Halloween. It was like 96, 97. And I took her. And what was interesting was nobody knew who she was. She's just this woman in her 70s. Right. <laughs> out, on a, out on a date. <laughs> and and we sat there in the center of the dome. And, and when, when Vampira entered, the place went nuts. And, and they, they didn't no even idea. know she was Yeah, They had no idea she was sitting there. And, but it was really funny when she walked out, um, Myla said, uh, there she is, which I thought was funny. Like she even sees her as like a, a, a different person. Yeah. Um, wow. And yeah. Uh, yeah, her, her 100th birthday is December 11th, 2022. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're hoping to do, we're, gonna, we're going to do something. Uh, we're, doing a couple of things and um i'm trying to get like the hollywood city council to declare it like vampire day or something like that because yeah. what, what i do love about about that whole era and and it, it's very los angeles it's very la and Absolutely. and you know what i love about what i love about Ed, Ed Wood era, the vampire, even Tim Burton stuff. I like the, the combination of, of like sort of gothic stuff and palm trees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, yes. it, you know, it's like in plan nine, the flying saucer lands in Valhalla cemetery in Burbank. You know, I like, I like the genre clash. Uh, of, the of contrast that though. That's what makes it, it comes alive in this very, like, I can't, I can't think of the word, but no, it's, it's very charming little campy but it is it's so LA it's perfect yeah it's and perfect. she you know she was a local show I mean the vampire show was a local show it wasn't national she gained national fame yeah but it was uh it wasn't a uh a national uh uh broadcast 
Yeah. And so she made a big splash because people don't realize like she was very overtly sexual and mm -hmm. um, which for television and because it was 1954. Right. And, you know, what people think of as the 50s, the, the Richie Cunningham, Happy Days 50s, mm -hmm. that started in about 57. Right. And went up to 63, 64. And it's really the late 60s, uh, early 60s, late 50s. 1954 was more like the 40s. Mm -hmm. uh, very repressed, very conservative. And for this woman to be on television dressed like a dominatrix and doing what have you yes. uh, was uh, crazy. It was it was it was a it was a big deal. Right. And she was a great she was great. She was and, and I liked her as a person because uh, she was really uh, funny and and sarcastic. And, uh, you know, she was a good she was a great lunch companion <laughs> did, did, did she understand like the gravity of her character of her persona of her of, of all of it yeah. or which she just yeah very... she did she knows she knows because you'd see for lack of a better term you know goth chicks goth right. girls walking down and 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 she would say there she is there she is because she I knows that, that. that because what's interesting is when when they first discovered her for uh, she was discovered at this thing called the Bal Karib, which was a very famous Hollywood uh, costume party, I believe, at the Palladium. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, she was discovered by Hunt Stromberg, who ran KABC at the time. And they had this package of movies and they wanted a host. And they said, why don't you just. um she was she went to the ball as Morticia Adams, mm -hmm. but this was before the TV show. This right. was Morticia Adams from the New Yorker cartoons, which is a very different sort of character, very drab. Yeah. And and this was the interesting thing. She's like, well, I don't want to rip off Charles Adams. Let me let me come up with my own thing. Yeah. And so she designed and, and this va uh, vampire, which was not Morticia Adams. Later, the Morticia Adams on the television show was really Vampira. That was that was, you know, but she was always she had a really um, she had a great sort of moral center and a very she was an artist. And she's a painter. And that's what I've uh, heard. She was yeah. just amazing. Like one of my friends, she gave I don't know if this was closer to her death or if it was earlier, but she gave one of my friends like some of her teeth. And then another friend of mine, she like what? knitted their newborn this like beautiful baby blanket that they still have so i've heard yeah. of just like synonymous things like oh yeah she gave me the that i'm like just and it's never anything like you know it's not like some kind of typical thing from a store it's like so this crazy sentimental it's like it, it yeah it, i'll show i mean i know we're a video I, i'll show you something it's right over there i can get it she uh she made this she had one of the last vampire fingernails but she paint, but she painted a self portrait on. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! And I then on the that. back, it says for Dana, which is really that's magical. Yeah, wow. no, that was that was, and I actually uh, there there's a weird story about this when she when she she passed. Um, I hadn't seen her. She passed in early February, and I had not seen her since the holidays because I was traveling. Yeah. And so this was my uh, Christmas present 
but I didn't see it until I was uh, went to her apartment when she had passed away. And I knew her apartment very well. So I was like, what's that? Um, it was on the television and then I opened it up. So that was kind of weirdly chilling. And this, if you've ever seen Plan 9 from Outer Space, yeah, this is one of the saucers. Yes. Uh, oh my and God, that's a, amazing. You can see on the bottom where they glued a square uh-huh. to make it match because it's a square when they enter it on the set. And you can see the hole where they were hanging the piano wire. So this is cool. it. It's just this big. I love it. I love uh, it. That was, a, that was a gift from the great Bob Burns, who is a huge Hollywood collector. But anyway, in That's terms cool. of like, yeah, well, I'm much more like you, I think. I'm much more interested in older Hollywood than, than current Hollywood. And yeah. it's and it's not and it's not stuff from like my childhood. It's it's it predates it whatever reason i find it much more influence much more interesting and oh the same i mean it was everything back you know it was i mean most things back then you know i was i got into it because i was raised by my grandparents so i i literally was you know i was raised as a boomer in a millennial generation so it's just Com- everything it makes complete sense that it's- makes complete sense yeah you know, with life, with everything, it was just, you know, I, I thank God I had that childhood. It was still like, come home when the streetlights come on, you know, watching like, uh, you know, Natalie Wood's films when she was a kid, you know, I, I got sat in front of Shirley Temple and, you know, these films and stuff. So, you know, Three's Company, I was eight years old, was my favorite TV show. I was, I couldn't understand why none of the grade school kids, when I would talk about this show, had no idea <laughs> what the fuck I meant. They were like, "Mr. Roper thinks yeah, they're he's like, gay. Hey, what are you talking about, John? R- what? Huh? You know, it's like, all right, you know, but an entire show, an entire show based on the premise <laughs> that one guy thinks another guy is gay. Yep. Yep. That's the entire show. <laughs> yes, yes. They're crazy hijinks and, and a, something about that. That was it. That was where my love of comedy started. Was uh-huh. yeah. That's interesting that you're yeah you were raised by your grandparents, so you watched the movies that they yes, watched exactly. Uh, yeah, and I I mean, yeah, and I was I am I think I am technically a boomer. I was born in '64, which I think is the last year, mm-hmm. and uh, but I have older brothers. Yeah, and you know my parents. So yeah, I grew up like this the shows that i grew up watching like you know perry mason i dream of genie all those things because they weren't on television Mm 